Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. We are very pleased to have the director of, of several of the films that are going to air, and that is uh, Anthony Chen of uh, Ilo Ilo fame, Wet Season, and many others. And he is joining us live on the line from London. Anthony, welcome to Weekend Mornings. Great to have you with us. Hello, Glenn. Hello. It is very early in the morning for you. We do appreciate Yeah, we you. just want to say that Anthony <laughs> is speaking from London at 2.30 in the morning after I begged him to come on. So I just have to say thank you for doing this, Anthony. It is much appreciated. Um, I'm actually very happy to be on. In fact, I'm quite surprised. I've always thought, you know, every time I've listened to Money FM, I've always thought it's very, very sort of serious financial interviews. So I'm quite surprised that we're going to talk about films and Ilo Ilo and Singapore movies. Excuse me, Anthony. I'm very insulted. We are very we are very serious guys. No, we we take a. I like to make it a little bit more artistic and a little bit more cultural on our weekend shows. We have the advantage, uh, Anthony, of being able to kind of do a, a wider range of things. But you know, the business of film is is also a great topic to discuss in Singapore. Maybe we can chat about that a little bit later. You know, several of your films are going to be now on Netflix this coming week. How do you feel about the the hometown crowd being able to have? easy, direct access uh, to that film again? I would say, you know, I always cherish, like, new opportunities for, you know, discovering new audiences, for my work to be seen by more people that probably hasn't seen it before, or even audiences that have seen it before and want to see it again, because it's been exactly seven years since the release of Ilo Ilo in Singapore. And I know that um, a lot of people have had very fond memories of it when they first saw it, but... At the same time, I think there are a lot of new audiences that probably haven't seen the film. You know, some audiences that have seen the film seven years ago were in primary school then. Mm. You know, they have since moved on. And, and I'll be very heartened if there are other new primary school audiences that we find out there. Well, I remember watching the film in the cinema, Anthony, back in 2013. And a couple of observations for myself. Firstly, I couldn't believe it was your first you know, debut feature. I know you'd made shorts before that, but I couldn't believe it was your first debut feature. Secondly, when I watched it, it had a panoramic scope and scale that I'd rarely seen in Singapore before. And I remember saying to friends, this this film is going to do very well overseas at international festivals and so on. Sure enough, you become the first Singaporean filmmaker to win the camera door, you know, at the Cannes Film Festival. So you became the first Singaporean winner of, of, of an award at the Cannes Film Festival. So I'd, I'd love to take you back. What, what was that experience like, being a young filmmaker, young Singaporean filmmaker, and being so praised and so lauded at the likes of Cannes Film Festival and, and, and the Golden Horse Awards and, and many other events? I think it was a very incredible journey, you know, to be really honest, thinking of it, of what happened seven years ago. I'm still quite in awe of what has actually happened. I think what is most moving to me is that this very small and yet very Singaporean story Mm. has gone on to um, capture the hearts and move a lot of, not just the film critics, but a lot of audiences around the world. I I think the moment when I knew something was going on was literally at the premiere at the Country Film Festival. When I saw for myself, we had a very memorable premiere, I have to say, because it was probably the most memorable because it was also um, not a very successful one, I have to say. You know, like in the middle of the film, 
And it, it happened to be a weekend in Cannes where there was a huge storm and it was very rainy and it was very stormy and we had a power cut. So in the middle of the oh. film, while the film was playing, the film just stopped. Oh. It stopped. There was a blackout. It just went poof. And I remember I was panicking. I was literally almost going to pee in my pants. <laughs> and I was so worried that everyone is going to walk out because we've all heard of how brutal the Khan audiences are. You know, mm. they, would, they would sort of like give you a standing ovation or they might boo a film or they might just walk out. So I was so worried that people would walk out. And the film only came back, you know, eventually it took a couple of minutes before the staff knew what was going on. The festival director came in, made a statement, and it took about 10 minutes before the film came on again. Wow. And when the film came on, there were no subtitles for the first 12 <laughs> minutes or so because it took time for the subtitles to come back on again. Huh. And I was telling myself, oh gosh, I can't imagine this. I spent like two or three years of my life making a film and then we've got it to Cannes and that's it. You know, this is the most ex like excruciating premiere you could ever go through. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if the audience has got the film, if, if people are going to work out, you know, what people are going to feel. But in the end, everyone stayed. And by the end, when the credits started rolling and the lights came up and you could see people started to clap. And... I was skeptical at the start. I was thinking, yeah, maybe it's because, you know, they felt bad for the filmmaker because the film stopped. So, you know, <laughs> they were sort of like giving sort of like applause, like out of consolation. But, you know, gradually I, I started to see that people were tearing and people were crying and people were genuinely moved. That was the moment when we, like me and the actors, the actors were all there seeing the film for the first time. It was very emotional, but that applause and that response to the film, you knew something was going on. You didn't know what exactly, but you just knew like the film struck a really special chord. And from then on, you know, like it went, it started to win the camera door and then it went on to win like 40 over awards around the world. And it did well as well in terms of box office in, in France and Hong Kong and Taiwan and in odd places like Sweden. So somehow, I think for me, that moved me a lot. That are very Singapore story. I've always thought that the film is very local. I think when I made it, I had no idea it was that universal until it started to find its audience. And I realized that, yeah, it was the teams in the film, whether it was you know, middle-class issues, the financial crisis, growing up in Singapore, you know, migration, and all these things, uh, education, and you realize that, yeah, it's really universal. It's something that everyone sort of experienced in a similar or, or slightly different way from what is shown in film. And we're speaking with Singaporean director Anthony Chen, uh, live from London. And Anthony, you know, as that film, as you mentioned, had so many great successes and was Singapore's submission for the best foreign language film at the 86th Academy Awards. I mean, it was, you know, a lot of stuff happening. That led to you being one of the, named one of the 10 directors to watch in 2014. Of course, now your latest film, Wet Season, uh, from last year, came out to uh, critical acclaim as well. And well, you pushed some boundaries there as a singer. Singaporean, what impact do you think that film and your work and its notoriety had on the Singapore film scene or other up-and-coming directors? I think what was interesting, especially with the experience of Ilo Ilo, is for the longest time, 
you know, whether is it amongst the industry or generally amongst um, the public, most people would, would be saying like, oh, you know, art house films will not do well in Singapore. There's no, it's not sustainable at all. You know, you if you make an arty film, film is not going to do well commercially. I think Ilo Ilo sort of went opposite that. In fact, it surprised even myself because the film, yes, you know, it, it was very critically sort of acclaimed, but it went on to do business, actually. Uh, it was sold to over 25 territories worldwide, which is very rare. And took about a million dollars in the Singapore box office, I believe, to jump in yeah. there, Anthony, which is a huge yeah. amount for a local film. Yeah, I think it's the first time an art house film. I think most people have a certain sort of impression of what a film from Cannes, Berlin, Venice, you know, like the major festivals, they always think like, oh, art house films, they're slow, they're boring, they're difficult to sit through, they're very profound, or very cheap in a Singapore sense. But somehow, yes, this film actually did business and it did very good business and made money. The investors all made a bit of money. I think it really started to open a lot of doors and I think it also help to open a lot of other opportunities, not just for my follow-up films, but I think for a whole generation of filmmakers, because all of a sudden, you know, we are proving to financiers, we are proving to both, not just the Singapore Film Commission or to the government or or to the private sector as well, that, oh, actually, there's a possibility here where we could actually make very good content and yeah, if we make it at the right price, you know, if we don't spend too much money, you know, it, it could actually do well. It could actually, yeah, bring in some money for the finances. And Anthony, on that point, it, it reminds me of something, you know, students often ask me, and I'm sure they do you, you know, what sort of story should I write that are commercially viable, that will find an audience? And I think you've demonstrated with Ilo Ilo and Wet Season, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, there are certainly autobiographical elements in Ilo Ilo, and I'm assuming there are in Wet yeah. Season as well, which is yeah. a, a story about a relationship between a Singaporean secondary school teacher and a student. Ilo Ilo, of course, is about a relationship between a young boy and a domestic helper. And you've said that there are echoes of your own life in both of those stories. And I think what you're suggesting here is it's a classic case of don't go chasing the market. Let the market come to you. Write what you know, and it will find an audience if it's authentic. That's usually the case, right? Yeah, I would say it's very important to be honest to oneself. I think it's very important to write and tell stories that I wouldn't say that you definitely grow up with, but that you're familiar with. I feel like you could really smell it, you know, something that's not honest or something that's inauthentic. Five minutes in, ten minutes in, you could actually smell that, ah, the writer doesn't actually know what he or she is talking about. You could feel like, oh, they're just trying to take a cliche idea from elsewhere and they're trying to just spin it as their own or they're trying to write something else that they don't really understand. So I, I think it's very important that to be honest to oneself, uh, that's the number one thing to, that I tell writers. And it's very important to tell stories that you're able to tell at that stage of your career. I'm sure a lot of people have got, even myself, you know, we've got very lofty ambitions of what sort of like much bigger films you want to make later on. But but one needs to ask yourself, you know, like, are you capable of writing that now? Are you capable of filming that now? You know, is that well or point. that subject matter something that you understand at a much deeper level? 
or because you would be called out for that. Yeah, because there's so much content these days. People can smell a rat. People yeah. know when you don't know what you're talking about. Um, we're speaking with Singaporean director Anthony Chen of uh, Ilo Ilo and Wet Season fame. Uh, Anthony, what's coming up next for you? What are you working on now and what can your fans look forward to seeing? I'm writing a few different things at the same time. You know, I've got projects developing both in the English language world in the US and the UK. I've got another film which is very close to my heart. I'm writing set back home in Singapore. It's technically the third and final film of my growing up trilogy, you know, of which Ilo Ilo is the first film, Wet Season is the second film. For people that have seen both films, you might recognize that there are two actors who are, are, can be seen in both films, Yo Yan Yan and Ko Jala. You know, especially the boy that I discovered in Ilo Ilo. He was 11 years old when I first shot him. Seven years ago in wet season, he um, he was 17. And um, I'm going to make a film with him again of his proper coming of age, you know, when he turns 21. So it's going to be my growing up trilogy. And it's probably going to star both Ko Jala again and Yo Yin Yin in very different roles. What I wanted to ask you, Anthony, uh, finally, if I could, you're in London, obviously we're in Singapore cinemas are either closed or heavily reduced uh, occupancy at the moment. What are your thoughts on the cinema industry at the moment as we deal with COVID-19? To be really honest, I'm very worried about my own industry. I'm very worried about cinemas worldwide. Cinemas have closed for many months everywhere around the world. Uh, they started to reopen in you know, some territories, for example, in Singapore, they've opened again. In Hong Kong, they've opened up again, and then now it's back closed again. In fact, my own film experienced the closures. You know, I was promoting wet season in France, February. The film played in, across France in cinemas for two weeks, and then the country went into lockdown, all the cinemas closed. Mm. The film played in Malaysia for three days, and then you know, cinemas were forced to close. Wow. It was supposed to open in Hong Kong and because the cinemas were forced to close, the film was postponed. The release was postponed for, I think, close to two months. And then it opened in Hong Kong, you know, and then it played for a bit and then the cinemas became closed again. So I experienced it firsthand, but, you know, I think I think it's a much larger problem than just like, oh, my film experiencing being yanked out of cinemas because, you know, all these countries and cities went into lockdown. But what I'm most worried about if the industry is going to survive this crisis, you know, I'm quite a purist. You know, I really believe in seeing films on the big screen and that Mm. whole communal experience of watching a film. I'm worried that after we have got gotten so used to being at home, working from home, just watching stuff on platforms and on our iPads and on our you know like devices, um, will we go back to supporting films and watching films on the big screen, or perhaps will we watch smaller films, smaller independent films such like mine in cinemas, or we would only go for the big sort of tempo big sort of like Marvel offerings in the cinema. You know, I think mm. I think the industry is going through unprecedented, almost an existential crisis at the moment. There was already this crisis because of the rise of the platform in the past couple of years. But 
right now, I think this crisis has literally risen to rate alert level because the cinemas have closed and I'm just so worried that they will not survive. So, you know, my I would say this to like all your listeners out there, like help us save the cinemas. I think if you can, please go out and buy a ticket to see something, you know, not just the the big films, you know, I think it's not about saving the multiplexes. For example, in Singapore, I think, you know, a very worthy venue to to keep and to cherish is the projector because I think it shows a lot of alternative content there. For example, my second film, Wet Season, it's showing tomorrow in the afternoon, 3.30 at the projector. You know, we, there's just one screening you know, that they're brought back. If people go, maybe they might bring in a few more screenings. That's what I'm very worried about, that the whole communal experience of watching films on big screen is going to collapse. I don't think it will collapse entirely, but my worry is in the future, we would only go into multiplexes to watch sort of like big tempo studio films. Or, you know, all the small little films, or all the indie films, all the art house films, that I care about, that I'm very passionate about, wouldn't have any space anymore. Anthony, we certainly hope that people will get out and support those films. We've had Prashant uh, from The Projector on many times on the show here uh, uh, promoting what they're doing there, and, and we agree that the art house films, uh, in addition to the regular films, all need support right now, and uh, we certainly hope that going forward your films will will get that support. The wet season uh, playing uh, at The Projector uh, this weekend, which is great as well. Hey, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you being up late in London talking with director Anthony Chen. We certainly look forward to your the third part of your trilogy, a Growing Up trilogy, uh, as and when that comes out. We hope you'll come back and talk with us about it uh, when you get closer to filming uh, here on Money FM. Great. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.